Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do I know anything about that thing, that place? Because our, our mind is always looking for some connection to some experience or emotion that we've had. And so when you're telling stories, that's the purpose of it, to really create that emotional and mental connection with your audience. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hey, everyone. Let's talk about storytelling today. Our guest is Robert Kennedy III. Robert is the co-founder and president of Kinetic Communications. This is a professional training company that helps business owners do a better job of communicating with their teams, employees, and customers. He's a serial entrepreneur that started his first business back in 2001. Through his entrepreneurial journey, he's faced many difficulties and learned some great lessons along the way. In fact, in today's episode, he's going to share a few of them. Robert believes that everyone has a story to tell, and that it's just a matter of discovering your signature stories and then delivering them with confidence. Through his training company, he teaches entrepreneurs to use storytelling to build connections and relationships. In this episode, we talk about why storytelling is important in business and not just your personal life. What are the four C's of the storytelling framework? How to grab your audience's attention with a powerful hook and why you will go further in your business if you connect with other people. You're going to hear in this episode, Robert's ability to inject stories and visual into his speaking. I can't wait for you to hear this. Let's get started. Hey, Robert, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? Fantastic, brother. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super happy to have you. I'm excited about the topic today. So we're going to be talking about your journeys of, of business, and then we're going to be talking about storytelling. And I love, love both topics. And so maybe what we could start with, what do you do now? I run a training company. So we work with organizational leaders who need to be able to deliver critical messages with confidence. We share with them how to do that, how to deliver powerful presentations. And one of the one of the techniques that we share is how to connect with your team, with your employees through the use of business storytelling. So as we talk about storytelling later, this is a big piece of what that is. So that's the corporate side of our business. And then we also have the B2C side, which is we deal with small business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and share with them how to create greater visibility for themselves, especially through the use of storytelling on video. So that's what we do in a nutshell. 
It's such a great topic. I can't wait to dig in on that. But before I go there, what I'd love to talk with you about is I know you've had your own business journeys. You've had your own mm-hmm. businesses. And like all of us, any entrepreneur, you have your ups and your downs. And Absolutely. Yeah. I love sharing just, you've had some stories that we've shared prior to this meeting. Can we talk about some of the things that didn't go exactly as planned and, and just what maybe get a lesson out of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably quite a few <laughs> that didn't go as planned. I think my my very first business was a music promotion, online music promotion portal. And we had this website and we had an internet radio station hooked up to it. And so the internet radio station part of things came about as a result of a connection with someone. And so we eventually formed a partnership where I delivered the website content. I did the interviews. I did a lot of the, the connection with the record companies and the PR groups. And he handled the radio station end of things. When there was a time where he was going through personal things, then the partnership became kind of rough and we were not really able to vibe and connect together. And eventually I took over the radio station part of things as well. And then it just became a lot. There was, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the business. So the lesson for me inside of that really is, this was my first business. So if you're going to form partnerships inside of your business, there's a lot of groundwork that you that you got to do. You've got to figure out how to connect and how to communicate with each other effectively. And then what are the fail-safes? What are the recovery systems? If this happens, what's next? If this happens in your world, if you get sick, if, if something happens in your family, if you have something mental that happens, if you, you have something financial that happens, what's next? How do we operate? How do we see this through? So I think in a lot of businesses where there are partnerships, those are some of the lessons that that I learned and, and some of the considerations that I recommend for people. Have some really great conversations before you jump into the partnerships. Yeah, that's great wisdom. You know, partnerships are like marriages, frankly. And, Absolutely. And, um, you know, another event that happens in partnerships a lot of times is your partner is married and then their marriage goes down the drain. And you're actually, as a partner, kind of sucked into that world of the separation of the marriage along with the assets. And um, that can be another loophole. Would that scare you away from doing another partnership if it comes along? Or is just now, you know, do your homework and set that communication up on the front end? Yeah, it's just a matter of do your homework. I think there are a lot of benefits to partnership. I I think just like marriage, some of the best marriages work because there's an area that one partner is weak in where the other partner kind of counterbalances and, and, and strengthens them, right? So I think in business, I am a strategic person. I'm, I'm a big picture. I'm a macro type of person, right? I am not your details person, right? I can be organized. I love, I love to launch projects. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going get to get this launched in three months. Boom, we launch it. I'm not the dude that you want to manage it long term. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the visionary. You're the visionary yes. is what I'm hearing. Okay, I got it. Yes. I got it. Yes. So it's, it, you know, partnerships are, are good and you have to have a certain level of self-awareness. What are your strengths? What are the areas that you need to be some improvement in or that's you need support in? And does your partner have that? Or are both of you the same people? Both of you are the same person? Then, yeah. Then who keeps track of what? You know, the QuickBooks is going to be kind of out of whack because both nobody's looking at it. 
Right, right. <laughs> and you both have different ideas probably going in different directions. So yeah, yeah. no, there is something yeah. to be said when you have a partnership relationship to be able to f- kind of feed off each other in your own yeah. areas of expertise. That's a good one. What's another thing? You gave me a great story about you had a, had a contract and it just didn't go as planned. I think this is another thing that happens to all of us. I, for one, I appreciate you sharing these because these are the same things most of us, similar things that have happened. So it's, it's appreciate your transparency. Can you share yeah. that other story? Yeah. So I had a, this was my third company and we got a fairly significant contract with, with a nonprofit to build courses for them. And I had a small team at the time and I said, okay, I need to, in order to make this happen, I need to scale up a little bit. I need to hire some 1099, some contractors to make this go because I certainly can't, I don't have the bandwidth to make this happen. So we have the meetings and I bring in one of the contractors to start the first phase of the project. And without me, I I may have not paid attention. I don't remember how it happened, but that first contractor, I, I would send them over to the client site to get to do the work, get the information, et cetera. That first contractor burned through about 60% of the budget for the contract. So I'm like freaking out a little bit, like, oh my gosh, okay, I've still got to get the rest of it done. And I've got these other two contractors waiting in the wings. And so I ended up having to release one of them or say to one of the contractors, yeah, I don't see how we can make this happen in a fair way to you. And they were pretty nice about it. But then I had to jump in and complete a good portion of the project pretty much for no money, no no benefit to no revenue increase, no income. You know, And I kind of had to do it at the expense of some other things that, that needed to take place as well. And so it was just, it was not a fun thing. And you know, everything that I tried financially to make it happen you know, it would take too long to do, or, you know, I just wasn't in a position business-wise to, to guarantee certain things. And so it was, it was just, it was a tough learning lesson, tough lesson. Do you think that's common, like around when you get these projects or services or whatever you're developing? Sometimes we get so excited about the deal, we kind of forget sometimes about what it's going to take to deliver. Do you see that happen before? And is that common in your world? Well, it's, I think in any small business, when you want to grow, when you want to start earning more money, when you want the revenue to increase, scale is a part of that. And a lot of, especially if you're on the smaller side of business, you don't really understand what scale means and what it's going to take to make it happen. Because you're like, okay, I did it this way. And this is the process. This is what the operations and processes look look like for me in doing this. So yeah, it's going to be the same. When if I bring somebody else on and now you're in a management position. And so now that's a totally different skill set, right? right. You, you, you've got to manage the project. You've got to manage the business. You've got to manage the people. You've got to manage client communication. You've got to liaise effectively. And so now there's all these different things that you've got to consider. And if you were not prepared for all of those things at once, mid-project is not a good time to say, hold on, let me go take a class. <laughs> let, let, let me go register for a course on leadership and management. I'll be back in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so so now you're left figuring this out and there's a lot of stuff at risk yeah. when you're trying trying to do that. And so, you know, you're trying to save face. You don't want to have egg on your face with, with the clients, et cetera. And, you know, with that project, we ended up finishing it pretty well, but there were some, there was a lot of financial 
exposure and, and stuff that happened. And that contributed greatly to the breakdown of that company. So I, you know, I ended up having to close that company at some point and go back to corporate full time for a year and then, you know, started something else after that. So you're, by definition, I think, a serial entrepreneur. You, you, it yeah. sounds like you just love like getting something going. What is it that, that fires you up about that? Is it building something? Is it the, the, the challenge of trying to create something? What, what fires you up about it? I may be a control freak. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think part of it is I am a creative and I like to be able to implement at a certain speed. Okay. If I have to go through layers and layers of stuff to, to get answers or to begin processing or doing something, it's frustrating. Right. It's frustrating for me. And so, you know, people ask, you know, how, how is it that you can stay in your company long term, but you're not able to work for somebody else long term? Well, because if something happens and, and we need to pivot, then we pivot, right? I don't have to ask anybody else. The only people I ask is, is the, are the people on my team. I, you know, I ask my wife, what do you think? I, I ask, it's internal. And so I get to ideate. I get to say, okay, here's what the strategy needs. Here's, here are the resources that we need to make this happen. And we, I, get to, I get to process that. I don't have to depend on anybody else. It's the autonomy, right? Of just being able to drive your own ship. It, it yep. keeps pulling you back. Yeah. So I do want to switch gears. Let's talk about storytelling because I, I just love that. It's obviously you know story brand and there's many other different uh, areas that talk about storytelling. We should be storytelling. Yeah. Can you give your take on what does that mean? I mean, obviously, to some degree, we know what storytelling is, but what does it mean in the in the sphere of social media and building relationships and business? Yeah, yeah. So when we hear the term storytelling, a lot of us feel or think I should be telling a story of my life. I should be telling a once upon a time. I should be telling you what happened at lunch last week when I was with my buddy at Starbucks. Right. I, I should be sharing those things, and that is a part of it because. The truth is storytelling captures our imagination, right? It allows us to pay attention. It allows us to connect and relate in a way that information and facts and data just don't, right? I was, I was doing this session yesterday and I shared with them how when my mom, when I was a little kid, my mom used to watch Golden Girls on TV. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with Golden Girls. If you're not, go to TV land. <laughs> They've got the reruns or go to YouTube, something. Right. So in Golden Girls, there were these four ladies. One of them was the mother of one of the others. And they were all retirees. They lived in Miami. And so the oldest one, her name was Sophia. And every time Sophia started out a story, she would start it the same way. She would say, picture it, Sicily, 1933 or whatever it was that she would say, right? Whatever year it was. But when she did that, she was doing something amazing. She was sharing with you when the story was taking place. She was sharing with you where it was taking place. And then the third amazing thing that she was doing was she was literally hijacking your brain. She was giving you this, this command all, almost. Picture it. So what happens when, when the story begins and you, and you share those, that information? Your mind begins to jump into that space. You begin to literally begin playing a video. You begin flipping through your mental Rolodex to find out, hey, have I been? Do I know anything about that thing, that place? Because our, our mind is always looking for some connection to some experience or emotion that we've had. And so when you're telling stories, that's the purpose of it, to really create that emotional and mental connection with your audience. So I share in my sessions a four-step 
basic framework that allows people to break down stories. And then we add two additional steps after that to help people move to action on those stories. So when I talk about stories, it's not just the once upon a time. It's how do you create a journey for your audience or people using a story framework? I feel a little weird right now. I feel like you just used a story to teach us something. (laughs) (laughs) Did I? (laughs) You you got me. No, no, all jokes aside. So do you recommend, I'm going to ask you about the four stages. I'd love to know and understand that. But do you recommend when storytelling, and I assume storytelling, we're talking, hey, it could be a speech. It could be a a post on social media. It could literally be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the first thing? And then the second thing, do you recommend if you're going to go into storytelling mode, should you have an opener like picture this or let me tell you this or whatever that opening line might be just to put the guard down in our brains and let us open up our mind? Is that part of the technique? Absolutely. Well, there are a lot of different things that you can do as openers. There's one that's a particular favorite of mine, and I recommend this. And if you're okay with me sharing a resource with your listeners, uh, then I'll do that in a little bit. Okay. So one of the, the biggest thing that I share is ask questions. Ask a question. That's, that's a really easy way to start that the brain working because our brains, and, and I was a science teacher for about eight years in high school, right? So a little bit of brain science here. So our brains operate in a certain way and they're, trig- they're things that trigger our minds. And, and there's this trigger known as instinctive elaboration. And what all that means is a fancy way to say, when a question is asked, our minds can't help but respond to it. We can't help but respond to it. So we may not verbally, or we may not verbalize the answer, but we start to sort through some stuff. There's some brain work that begins to take place when I ask a question. Now, there's some questions that are better than others. A yes or no question, or what we call a closed question, is it's an okay question, but not the best type of question, right? If I ask you, have you ever had ice cream before? And I say yes. You would say yes. If I were to ask you, what was it like the last time that you had pralines and cream or chocolate chip or cookies and cream ice cream? What was the experience like for you? Now you're kind of like, oh, so now now your taste receptors, right? You're you're literally starting to salivate because you're now, your mind is starting to do some back work because you're going back to that experience. You're going back to that day. You're literally transporting yourself back to Baskin Robbins to where that experience took place. So that is like a cheat code if you want to get, if you want to do a mental hijack. Right. Ask questions. So so here's the resource. Uh, People, if you I have this document called 21 questions to jumpstart your speech. And if people want to get that, they can text 21 questions, no spaces, lowercase number two, the number one, the word questions. And they can text it to 410-936-4049. And I'll shoot you a download that you can grab. And it's going to really be a great starter for your for your speeches. If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Text 21 questions, no spaces, lowercase, number two, the number one, the word questions. And they can text it to 410-936-4049 and I'll shoot you a download that you can grab. And it's going to really be a great starter for your for your speeches. Do I have your permission? I'll just put that in the show notes too. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll put that yeah, in the show notes. Absolutely. Wow. You're really opening my mind here. So Let's go through those four steps. It sounds like first, and I hope I'm using the right terminology here. It's almost like we're going to disarm our audience, for lack of better words, or get them to open their mind. That might be, is that step one? Or take me through those four steps. So it's, it's not necessarily disarming them. It's okay. really connecting with them. Okay. I'll give you another example story. I was sitting in my living room, and I lived in the state of Massachusetts, and the, my doorbell rings. I go to the window, and I look out in the driveway. There's this guy, and he's got a display board. So I open the door and I go out and he says, hey, my name's Mark. I'm in a neighborhood. We're selling carpet and I've got all these different types of carpet. We've got Berber. We've got Austin Power Shag. We've got all these different. He's got these little swatches on the display board. And he's like, yeah, you can touch it and feel it. And so I touch it and I feel it. And I'm there with him for about three minutes as we go through this exercise. And after he finishes his speech, I open my door and show him that my entire house is hardwood. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. So he came in and he started with his product. He started with the solution. He started with, he was selling me right from the beginning. Right. What might have been a better way for him to come? He might have come and said, Hey, do you have a high heating bill? And I'm like, Yeah. Oh my God. My heating bill, it's terrible. And he's like, Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people in this neighborhood, I've been walking through and I, I found that a lot of people have a high heating bill. Well, did you know that one of the best ways to save, or let me not even say, did you know, what if I could share with you a way to save about 40% on your heating bill every month? Would you be interested in hearing about that? I'm like, heck yeah. That, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I, you know, I'd love to save. And so then he said, well, you know, one of the things that we love to share is that carpeting is one of the best ways to save money on heating bill because it insulates the floor. It's another layer of insulation. And so then I would have said, well, my floor is hardwood. He said, okay, that's okay. There's different types of things that we can share with you. Would you want us to share with you how even with hardwood, you can add a layer of insulation? So now we're having this conversation, right? He could have, he could have gone through, but when I show him the hardwood, I essentially shut him down. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here are the four pieces of, of a story framework. So the first part, the first part is context. So if we go back to Sophia, 
she gave you the context. She gave you the location. She gave you the date. She, she pretty much set the stage. She told you what was, what was happening. And you kind of create that picture. If I'm, a, if I'm in a business uh, meeting, a lot of times in business, we, we call this level setting, right? We, we share what's been happening. Over the last 18 months, we've been experiencing blah, 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 blah. Last week we did. Over the last three months, you know, th- this is what's happening in our world. It's been hard to do this. So that's context. The second piece of your story is characters. Who are the people that you're talking to? Who does the story affect? Who is experiencing this stuff? That's the character. The third piece, and probably one of the most critical pieces, is the third C. So we got context, we got characters. Our third C is conflict. What's broken? What's what's happening? What is what is the thing that is causing concern? What is the challenge that your audience is is reckoning or dealing with? Right. So if I if I have the conflict, most people have something that's that's messed up in in their lives, and if I'm able to hit that. Then they they see, wow, this person, Tyler, knows about me. Tyler cares about me. Tyler's just not chucking a product at me. Tyler's familiar with what I'm going through. So those first three, I can I can really start with them in any order. If you go to movies, movies don't always set the table first, right? They might start out with a conflict. Right? Who's the person? Uh, what's his name? Uh pulp fiction dude. Um, I forget, I forget oh, the director. Uh, John Travolta? Name. No, not no, the, the actor. No, the, the, yeah. the director, the director that always has. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, does a lot of conflict type. He starts at the big, starts with the like the blow up or the explosion right, stuff, and right. then takes you back through some other backstory and some reasons why this explosion took place. Right. Right. So conflict is 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 crucial. It's critical in a story. So all three of these together really help to develop your audience's the case for why why the audience should care about what you're going to share next. Because essentially, it's like, what would it be like if you never had to be hungry again? And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm hungry all the time. Well, I have a solution for you. Really? Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Here it is. Here's the, the ultimate extreme never hungry again uh, <laughs> snack. <laughs> right? right? So you not, not, it's like this buildup to the product. And so that fourth step is the conclusion. So I've shared with you four C's. Context, character, conflict, and and conclusion. So you build up to that conclusion instead of sharing the product up front. And you take your audience on this journey to to that thing that that is like, yeah, hallelujah, we we made it. Yeah. So I got another question for you. You got a lot of great stories. You know, one of the challenges I would have, I'm not, I don't consider myself a great storyteller. And a part of it is I don't always remember like all these details for this great story. Do you keep an arsenal of like, are those things you have committed to memory or are you just naturally gifted? Or what do you just say someone like me (laughs) that doesn't have 50 stories that are going to gauge people in this wonderful conversation? How does that work exactly? So there's this book by a guy named Matthew Dix and the book is titled Story Worthy. Right, you can. There you go. And there's a chance for you to put your Amazon affiliate link in the show notes. <laughs> story worthy, people. All right. So, story worthy is this book, and and one of the things that that Matthew Dix says in that book, at the end of every day, he sits down and he thinks about his day, and he just writes down what lessons did I learn today. Okay. Once you write down the lessons, how did I learn those lessons? What was the experience that caused me to learn those lessons today? And so. He now has that written down and he begins to create a story vault. And every day 
he has these stories that he's putting in in this file. And then periodically he goes back and he's like, okay, yeah, that's a good story. That's a good story. That's a good story. So for me, I'm talking to your audience for the first time and they're hearing this story for me for the first time. But if they were to follow me every day, they'd probably hear me tell the same stories over and over. I add some new ones in, but there's some stories that I've become an expert at because, and, and I'm able to pull them because, you know, I, I've already connected them to a challenge. I've already connected them to a scenario. And so everybody can do the same. Got it. So you have a vault that you're updating, but you obviously have your ones that you're most comfortable with too, or that you most likely fit your scenario. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. So yeah. in this whole storytelling journey, how does doing a speech where you're doing storytelling, or let's say, you know, in a business setting where you're, it sounds like you're talking to executives and stuff versus like, for example, social media. So in my social media, I'm trying to talk to business owners. How does that differ? Or is it even different? Or what, what, what should I be doing? Am I applying the four C's in each post? Am I, is it more of part of a bigger thing? I mean, what's your, what's your take on that? It's not really different. I mean, if you break it down, if you go to like YouTube videos. Yeah. Right. I love your YouTube videos, by the way. You do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. So YouTube videos and not just YouTube videos, but news, movie trailers, all of this. There's this thing right at the beginning called a hook. Yep. And that hook is always related to a challenge or a conflict that your audience is experiencing. Or if we're talking about a movie, it's a challenge that the characters in the movie are experiencing. Right. So you start with that hook and you're like, have you experienced this? Have you felt this? Is this something that you're challenged with or you're struggling with? Or it may not be a question. It may, it may be a strong statement. It, it might be that Facebook stinks. Never use Facebook again. What are you talking about, dude? Why should I not ever use Facebook again? Well, watch this video. <laughs> right here. So now you've got this conflict and, and people are paying attention. So now you back, back in and you say, okay, well, back in 2007, I jumped on Facebook for the first time. This, it had just come off the stage where only college kids could have a Facebook account, but then they started to open it up. And so as I got on Facebook, I began to get new friends and I began to meet new people and I began to do these things and, and all of these different things we had began to happen. So I'm setting the stage, my context. There And I'm also talking about me and I'm sharing the friends and I'm sharing all of these different things. So characters. Then I say, but in 2014, I got a friend request from someone and, and I accepted it. And all of a sudden, my information was all over the internet. All of a sudden, I started to get, I have identity theft take place. All of a sudden, these things. So now you're back into this, this crazy conflict again. Right. And you can have multiple conflicts. You can have what is called an escalating conflict, right? Where which is where you have a bunch of small ones that that cause this large buildup and this large explosion later on. So now that you have you reach this place where you're talking about, okay, all of these things are happening. What's the solution for that? What is the conclusion of that? So I decided that, you know what, I need to get off of Facebook and I need to be able to find a different way or a different platform where I could promote my business without or w without the likelihood of identity theft. And, you know, forgive me, Facebook gods, if I'm <laughs> besmirching 
You're, you're, <laughs> I'm thinking you're about right the, I'm <laughs> thinking about the legal disclaimers as we speak. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that's pretty much what the framework does, and 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 what it is. So you're you're using this in YouTube videos. You're using this in in meetings. You're using this in conversations. You're trying to influence your friends and recommend something. You know, you you set it up. And you you connect with their why or you connect with their need or their challenge, and then you share with them the solution. Yeah, very cool. I love everything you're saying. What what can we do? Like, what would be the first step someone wants to apply storytelling into their world better mm-hmm. or more effectively or the first time outside of seeing you? What would be your advice? <laughs> what would be your advice for us to apply it? I mean, would it be just follow the four C's? Is there another step in that? Like hooks, for example. Like I try to write hooks. How do you know you write a good hook, for example? Like, is, is it a matter of writing a ton of them and just an art that you develop? Or I'll, I'll go in that direction. With hooks, yeah. how do you work on that? Well, some of that is really just watching and listening and doing some research and figuring out what gets your attention. I think... Mm-hmm. All of us step over or we skip over the greatest resource that we have, which is which is ourselves, right? If we sit down and we watch TV, what grabs our attention? What do you pay attention to? Go back to your go back to Amazon and look at your 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 orders. Go back and look at the list of things that you've purchased. Why did you purchase those things? What was the thing that made you aware of that specific thing? It's not like you just type in sneakers into the Amazon search bar and you just grab the first one that shows up at the top. There's something, there's a process that happens. A lot of times that process is you saw it somewhere else. Somebody was wearing it. There was somebody on Instagram that said, oh my gosh, these are the greatest sneakers ever. And you've got to try them. There's a commercial in the sponsored ads that you might not even pay attention to, but it's, it's, it's in your brain somewhere, right? And, and so you begin to make decisions, micro and macro decisions about products because they appealed to an experience or an emotion that you either have had or you want to have. So we've got to figure out what are the things that we pay attention to first. And if we can start keying in on the things that we pay attention to, we become better at hooks. And, you know, study clickbait. Study clickbait. I mean, clickbait is some of the the slickest stuff. And not that you need to be a clickbait type of person, but if you start to study them and really figure out, okay, what, why are people clicking on this stuff? You begin to get a better sense of, number one, the biggest thing is that the hook always appeals to the emotion. It's not, I'm not giving you data. I'm, you know, it, you rarely do you see a hook where it says, 48% of people smoke in the United States. And you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I, I need to get the, the, the jewel. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to get that stuff. No, that that's just not you know how it, it works. A hook is much more emotional, and it really connects with with an experience that people have had or would like to have. Would you say part of it too is curiosity? Should it also evoke curiosity? Absolutely. I mean, curiosity is a word, but it's an it's an emotion. Got it. Yeah. True. True. I mean, and curiosity. There's there's a couple of emotions inside of curiosity. Curiosity. There's fear inside of curiosity. There's, there's also, what's the other word that I want to use? There's fear inside of curiosity. And there's also this her- heroism. I'm kind of looking for, for, for something to be great or something that I can apply that's going to make me more amazing. So there's, it's like going on an amusement park ride. I'm going on this 
this roller coaster. Oh my gosh, is it going to go super fast or am I going to be able to say that I conquered it? Am I going to be freaked out by it or am I going to be like, yeah, I did that. So that's, that's the curiosity. And those are the two elements and pieces inside of it. I love listening to you. You like constantly interject visuals in your, in your wording. It's a, uh... It's good. You, it gets me to want to learn the craft better. Because I'm trying to hijack your brain, bro. That's what we do. <laughs> You've had it the whole time, man. Every time I think I get it back, you take it from me. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you one question. This is one question I always love to end with. Mm-hmm. Do you have something, we, a tip you can give us, whether it be a business tip or a life tip that we can apply? Something come to mind? Wow. So I think the biggest thing is one of the lessons that I've learned along the way And it is really about getting help or accessing resources as early on in your business as you can. I think if I go back to my earlier businesses, some things would have worked a little bit better, not only if I sought mentorship, but if I accepted help from others or if I decided to ask questions and and get more people, get some people involved in my business instead of trying to build and do everything on my own. And that's a big faux pas. I think that's a big failure I see for a lot of small business owners really trying to do things by yourself. And you only have two arms and 24 hours in the day, 168 per week. And you're only going to be able to do so this much. You're, you're going to be capped. So if you want to do more, if you want to learn more, you want to you go further, then you've got, you've got to connect with other people. There's this African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Oh, I love that one. I've heard that. I didn't know that was an African proverb, but that's an awesome yeah. one. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Hey, so your your website that I'd love people to go and check out is storytellersgrowthlab.com. That's yes. storytellersgrowthlab.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Is there anywhere else where we should send people if they wanted to chat with you or interact? Is it the, I know the the text is is another one. Anything else? Yeah, I'm Robert Kennedy 3 on all platforms. If you're on IG, Robert Kennedy 3, Robert Kennedy 3 on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I don't have a TikTok yet. Actually, I did open it, but I somebody stole my Robert Kennedy 3 on TikTok. Don't go there. <laughs> you you got to have a TikTok. You you are well, like you know, TikTok <laughs> waiting to happen basically. <laughs> well, I'm working on it. My my social media manager is like, "Dude, you you got to you got to explore this." And I'm yeah. like, "Okay. All right. When 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 can I create some time to to be creative around this. Yeah, I doubt it's available, but you know, another thing, you have the whole RK3 going on and I kind of think that's pretty cool too. I doubt that would be available. It might be. I haven't checked it, but let me let me do that. That's a good one. RK3 is a cool one. That makes yeah. you sound uh, kind of like football players a little bit. Yeah, no, he stole of... it from me, man. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> older than him. Yeah. That, that same partner that I told you about in the first business, he yeah. is actually the one that started calling me RK3. At the time. So yeah, that's kind of where it's coming. That's that's almost 20 years old, dude. Yeah, that's a good one. So before I wrap up with my last line, can I have back my brain? Can you give it yeah, back you to got me? It. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> well, okay, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. I hope uh, I hope I can have you on again in the future. You're a lot of fun to talk with. Thanks, Tyler. This was amazing. Thank you. Okay, take care. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business.
Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid.